Hello, everybody. This is Paul, and welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business Podcast. I'm one with David Hirschfield, founder and CEO of um, Techies Corp. And thank you so much, David, for being in the show. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. And now let's get this one started. This is the first question. Can you tell us about the history and background of your business? Sure. Um, I have to go back a little ways because uh, uh, I started in software in the late 80s. I was I worked for um, Computer Associates, Texas Instruments, uh, uh, and I became an independent contractor and did project management at Intel, Motorola, Allied Signal, some companies like that. Then I started my own software company in logistics, route distribution, and inventory management in the very early 90s. And despite every effort on my part, otherwise, the company grew anyway <laughs> and ended up selling it to a publicly traded firm in 2000, um, a logistics company out of uh, was traded on the Toronto Exchange. So I had a successful startup and a successful exit. And I thought I knew what made a startup successful because I did it myself. Um, uh, I was the VP of products for them for the next several years. And then I started Techies, uh, my own software development company, doing contract development in 17 years ago, in 2006. So I did primarily work for startups. And what I learned was that I really didn't know the things that I did that made me successful because I watched these startups fail one after another, not because of the software, but because usually they waited just way too long to start to prove that they had product market fit and start to generate revenue. So they made these huge investments in software. Uh, uh, developing mobile apps, web apps, you know, usually fairly sophisticated products in niche markets. And then they, and they were 100% sure that they had a market and they'd go out and start selling and find out that nobody wanted to buy it or that they were afraid to ask for money or, but this would go on. Usually it would be two years before they ever asked anybody to pay them. Um, and then they spent the next two or three years pivoting and panicking until they finally ran out of money um, and uh, investors lost faith and then they would fail. I've worked with over 60 startups during that period of time and uh, and a few of them very successful, but most of them failed. So I've made it sort of my mission to figure out how to help startups reduce the risk and get to revenue quickly as a way of proving product market fit. And you see behind uh, behind me under techies, it says launch first. That's a methodology I created for doing exactly that. So that's sort of yeah. the history. So we do software development, but my goal is to help get somebody to revenue before we even begin developing the software by doing pre-launch sales of a high fidelity prototype to customers, which is much less expensive and quick to build and uh and very inexpensive and cheap to pivot if we don't hit the mark right the first time awesome um if i heard it correctly motorola right um pretty yeah. interesting yeah and um and my intel. next question yeah intel okay mm -hmm. and another question here can you walk us through to your you know overall business strategy 
overall business strategy in terms of how I grow my business or yes. how launch first work? Okay. How I grow my business. Yeah. So uh, my business has been built on referrals um, pretty much completely until the recent past because I decided I want to actually scale my business up dramatically over the next few years. Uh, but for for 16 of those 17 years, all my business came from referrals. We usually had four or five or six clients at any one time. But the most important thing I did was focus on excellence, um, hire people that were smarter than me. That's sort of a founding principle I have is that I only hire somebody if they're smarter than I am. Because <laughs> why do I want to hire somebody that's not as smart as me? That means I end up being responsible for driving their success because they can't do it as well as I can. So I don't want to be that kind of a leader or run that kind of a company. I want a company where everybody's driving me to get impediments out of their way because they're more capable than I am at delivering whatever it is that they're hired to deliver. So, uh, and I've been very successful at doing that. And uh, that philosophy also builds a lot of loyalty. And so uh, um, we grow our team slow because it's hard to find people that are really smart. But uh, my team members are persistent and they stay with me and are really loyal, not loyal in the sense that I expect them to be loyal, but loyal in the sense that they yeah. want to work really hard to be successful for techies because, because they're, building, they're, they're building it themselves, not they're just a cog in a wheel. So, so in doing that, I've been able to build my tech team now that runs pretty much completely independently of me and runs it better than if I were running my tech team because um, everybody on my team is so invested in in continuing to improve the process, improve the protocol, right. be more and more competent. So when I'm talking with potential clients, one of the things I explain to them is that we are an extremely competent team. And that is not the same thing as being an extremely skilled team. You can have a bunch of skilled people uh, on your team, but they don't work in a competent team manner. Um, right. And you need that if you're going to deliver software, um, put a, build roadmaps, continually do builds, continually build releases, and do it in an expected manner within, you know, where your estimates are accurate, where your mm -hmm. deliveries are clean, where um, uh, the customer knows where they'll be in three months, six months, nine months from now. Um, without delays that last with lots of other companies, two or three or four times what their estimates are. So this is, um, uh, uh, you know, or they deliver, but the products bug in. It takes, you know, months and months to stabilize things. So these are really core foundations, uh, foundational principles for my business. So I'm now growing turning my business to growing uh marketing and sales to scale because we have enough of a tech infrastructure that we can right. grow and scale that pretty effectively and so now uh um i'm planning on growing and scaling um the business itself uh from the standpoint of the number of projects we take on and the size of the projects and and pretty much uh, be on a doubling path so this year we're not quite double in revenue from where we were last year, 
next yeah. year, my goal is to double again uh, the year after, you know, double again for the next three or four years. Awesome. Awesome. And now, um, can you tell us how you adapted, um, David, to the changes in your industry? I know you've been um, how long on this industry? Um, how do you adapt it to the changes in your industry for over the years? Okay. that's And that's a great question because nothing changes more than technology. And in the technology industry, very few things change faster than software. Uh, so, and if we all know that in the, just in the last year, AI has gone from being a dream to in front of everybody every day. Uh, with chat, especially with chat GPT and BARD and all the other AI platforms that have been emerging as a result of this. So uh, we very quickly embraced AI uh, mm. uh, even before, you know, even before chat GPT PT came out and yeah. it was open AI last year when I started playing with it uh, about this time last year. Um, but after ChatGPT uh, came out, we've shifted our business completely to focus on um, on leveraging AI. That doesn't mean we're abandoning our customers that don't have AI implemented yet, but we're encouraging them to, imp to implement AI to facilitate growth in their own uh, software. Um, but we're doing it in our development process as well. So we're using AI now to generate a, a lot of pieces of the code that we build. We just finished building a project estimator using AI, which actually is making our estimates way more detailed and accurate and identifies gaps in the requirements and things um, that we normally find after the fact, and it has an impact on the project. We're, we're able to tease a lot of that stuff out through this AI estimator much earlier. Uh, and build those estimates much quicker. And the reason we tackled that first as an AI project is because that's the most expensive activity as a company we have, um, because it requires all my most senior people involved anytime we're doing project estimates for customers, uh, for a new customer, for an existing customer, and it, you know it requires some of my effort. So that's why we tackled that first. And that's usually days of effort. So um, the second thing, we're tackling with AI internally is launch first methodology, the niche, identifying mm -hmm. the early adopter niche. Uh, there's a methodology we've created for that. And now we're using AI to build out all of the, uh, uh, all of the analytic models that we have been doing by hand to identify and nail down who's that early adopter, who's the stakeholder, how do you, what is their top two or three problems, what's the cost and the, fi the financial impact, what's the perceived impact because of those problems, so, and so on. And so we're in the midst of that project right now. Um, so the way to answer your question, that was a long answer to basically say, what we try to do is see the direction that the market's headed and get in front of it. So if technology is changing, we want to be on the lead of that yes. change. If we Especially. know the change is significant and pervasive, which of course AI platforms are. Uh, so that's how that's how we address it. Awesome. And now I know you share some of it um, earlier, but 
um, can you add like any specific tactics or tools that you have been particularly, you know, effective in growing your business? Um, so the most difficult part of marketing in my industry, it's not as hard in other industries, uh, but it yeah. is in mine is that how do you find, especially if your focus, if part of your focus is startup community, how do you find a startup that has enough funding to develop their software, um, mm -hmm. right? That hasn't already gotten funded and uh, uh, started developing their product. And so the way that I'm finding that to be successful is through uh, networking specifically with people who are leaders in the startup community and maybe even teach courses, uh, startup courses, because uh, they're attracting entrepreneurs who are looking at starting a company, especially if those are software, uh, software startups. So um, uh, that relationship has been really worthwhile. That and also posting in snippets of interviews of me talking about what we do on social media, that doesn't bring in um, customers directly, but as people are considering talk, uh, maybe inter interviewing me for uh, their project and they see uh, a number of these short snippets where I'm talking about what we do with technology, um, that it changes their trust factor, even in the very first conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we use uh, a holistic approach. I'm, I'm working with a, a team right now that is specifically helping me with the marketing and outreach and scheduling meetings. Um, selling business is easy. That's, that's really very easy because we're really competent and I have all kinds of evidence that I can okay. show potential prospects why we're so competent. It's getting in front of qualified prospects that's hard for my business. So that's, awesome. that's what we've done is contracted a, a team that seems to really have their pulse, their finger on this pulse. Awesome. And now um, another question here, David, can you talk about any challenges or obstacles that you face in your business and how you overcome them? Um, well, that was the first one, marketing. I spent probably a year and a half and spent an awful lot of money with mm -hmm. way, uh, marketing efforts that produced nothing um, until I finally realized that I need to work with a group who's deep inside this community to, to begin with, right? And so, and when I found that group, um, and started working with them, all of a sudden I started getting meetings with qualified prospects. Uh, it was remarkable how big a difference that was and how poor most every other marketing effort um, that we attempted was. Uh, okay. I do a lot of networking. That's where most of my businesses come from in the past and, uh, I'm, and business will still come from there, uh, but that won't scale me because I'm one person. So uh, to scale up, I need way bigger reach than what I can do just by ne uh, just by networking. Um, so that was the first thing. Um, tools, you know, we use LinkedIn, um, automated okay. outreach on LinkedIn, which now this other company is doing for me. Um, yeah. Building up a referral network. Um, the hard part of that, it was easy for me to build a referral network. The hard part of that is staying top of mind 
with those referrers. Uh, uh, and that's still something I need to do. I have not put together top a top of mind campaign yet for staying um, mentally fresh with these referrers. So they always think of me when projects come along. Awesome. And now um, second to the last question here, can you discuss any like partnerships, collaborations you form to help, you know, grow your business? Well, I, I just mentioned that one, that one, um, uh, the, the group that I found it wasn't really a sort of a partnership, but I'm paying them for their services. Mm. Um, but okay. there are some partner opportunities with them as well. Uh, nice. The um, uh, referral network, those are all partners. And what I did was I reached out to people that are in the startup community, coaches and um, um, mm -hmm. venture studios and groups like that to okay. build my business. One of the big things we're doing is, uh, or planning to do is with our estimator, we built it internally for internal use. Uh, okay. Now we have plans on turning it into a SaaS product because every software company in the world has to do project estimates and they're um, difficult and they're always feel a bit risky because you not sure what you missed when you're put when you're forming your estimates. So we have a really good methodology for doing estimates and we have implemented this AI tool now that builds the estimate for us, validates the estimate and validates our requirements, um, um, uh, um, validates the size of the team, the duration of the project, everything, and, and gives us numbers that now we can work with that are not just based on what we believe it to be. Uh, so we are working, we are going to be working soon on the SaaS version of that product so that we can start to generate revenue from our own, the own, our own products that we develop. Uh, the same thing we'll be doing that with launch first niche analysis. And I'll be, um, uh, uh, the biggest reason I'm doing that is right now launch first is fairly expensive to deliver. Um, by automating it using AI will make it very inexpensive to deliver. So, uh, and now it'll uh, be available to entrepreneurs and startups all, you know, in mass without it requiring a big lift from us to deliver it. Uh, so those are some of the things specifically we're doing for growth. I'm not sure I answered your question specifically, but um, that's, the, that's that that will start to generate passive revenue for us with the software. And it could and potentially be bigger products with bigger valuations than even our software development business. Okay. Okay. And now um, lastly, or have another question here. What this time is an advice that you can give to, you know, other business owners, um, owners looking to succeed in your industry. Okay. So if they're new, um, I really, if, if they're software development companies like me, um, yeah. the most important thing is build, is develop, and it takes years to do it really well, um, is build a team that's driven by being really competent. That means they have to obviously have skill, but more than that, they have to be in control of all of the aspects of the development process and uh, and delivery process 
and have pristine, repeatable communication protocols with clients. Um, you do that and you build a tremendous amount of trust and loyalty with your clients. Uh, uh, and along, and you end up with those clients for years instead of, you know, for a shorter period of time. Uh, Launch First was an effort to do that for my startup customers to try to reduce their risk and increase the chances of success. Because that's also, I, you know, a lot of people just take on the project and develop it until it fails, or they don't even develop the project past the first version. But, you know, they mm. just abandon the clients after that. I know companies like that as well. None of that feels good to me. So, you know, uh, the second thing is be brutally honest with yourself, but even with your clients. I don't yeah. pull punches. I'm really honest with my clients. Uh, I very often tell them the things they really don't want to hear when they ask me questions. Um, but that builds more and more trust because everybody else is telling them what they want to hear. They, As soon as I meet them for the first time, they realize they're going to get uh, the hard, you know, they're going to get an honest, consultive approach to how we can help them become successful. And sometimes mm -hmm. I can't be, I, you know, I know I'm not going to be successful with somebody and I tell them that up front and they end up being my customers anyway, which is the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so honesty is like the most important thing. Um, In business. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then stay focused on, you know, build your business around two things, competence and revenue. So where your revenue and your financial model have to be sort of at the center of everything you do. Um, and then each spoke that comes off of that, well, you know, what's your skill set in terms of delivering consistently and competently? Um, marketing, sales, uh, uh, sales, uh, delivery operations, right? All that management, recruiting, every aspect. Awesome. Thank you so much for answering all those questions, David. And now, um, if anybody wants to like connect or anyone thinking about working with you or partnering with you guys in the future, where's the place that they can go or what's the best way to do that? Well, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for um, David Hirschfeld uh, on LinkedIn or Techies, T-E-K-Y-Z on LinkedIn. Um, or go to techies.com. That's probably the easiest way. T-E-K-Y-Z.com. Um, and I'm happy to share my phone number too. If they want to call me directly, it's 480-570-8557. Sure. That's 480-570-8557. I figure awesome. every commercial that ever gives out a phone number says it twice, so I'll do the same. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for that one, David. So now um, another pour of liquid gold that we have acquired today from our guest, David. And it's really our pleasure having you on the show. Okay. Thank you so much. And, thank you, and guys, if you made this far, thank you so much for sticking with us. If you got any value from today's episode, we would love to get a rating or a review on where you get the podcast or if there's any someone in midst of growing their business or thinking about starting a business. Send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today and go out, implement it, execute, and let us know how it goes. We want to hear about your wins. And above all, thanks for being us today. We appreciate it. See you in the next one, okay? Cheers.